Hello, everyone, and welcome aboard the Gilded Lily. If you're new to the show, we are an improvisational and collaborative storytelling podcast that's focused on telling fun, character-driven stories. Now, what does that mean? Well, we sit down here at our desks, pick up a quill, and pretend to be someone we're not, using these uh, funny-shaped rocks with numbers on them. We're here to weave a tale for you to enjoy, second by second, line by line. This one here is about a few college roommates who abandon higher education and accidentally become pirates. Well, hopefully the good kind. Our story is being told with a game system you may or may not be familiar with, Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition. We loosely rely on this system to tell our own stories independent of the lore and problematic content that often comes with these Dungeons & Dragons as you pull them out of the box. In short, it just means that we use dice to decide what happens next to our funny little characters. What adventures will our rascals get into this week? Well, let's roll some dice and find out. Together. Alright, um, I haven't written in this thing for a while, but, uh, it's a death fist. We're back on our way to New Bismuth from, uh, Striders. I saw some, uh, some weird shit with the newbies that I'd like to log. First, the tall, angry lady, uh, Yuana. I think that, I think that's her name. I was getting my snacks blow deck, and she got, she got real pissed. And a fucking ghost. A ghost appeared out of thin air and helped her use the winch. Fucking summoned a ghost to do her bidding. Definitely a necromancer. Keep your eyes out. Next is the little guy. He repeats himself a lot and he's always looking shifty and nervous. That black spell book he got mm, gives me the creeps. I swear it's got a ward on it or something. When I pass by his quarters at night, sometimes I hear whispering and giggling. And it ain't a bedfellow, if you know what I mean. That kid, definitely a necromancer. That book looks like it's made of skin. Last one, Zira. She blows shit up, broke her quarters up real good, and she gives me food during rations. She's absolutely dope, don't you lay a finger on her. I saw some doodles in her book, though. Something with a cup coming to life. Necromancer, for sure. Oh, shit. Uh, uh, Paul, Paul, fuck. I mean, death fist, out. Paul, what are you doing in my office? I, I, I ain't doing nothing. Just, uh, looking for snacks. Last time, all of you were traveling along the high seas, and you encountered a strange fog in the middle of the ocean, which came with a bit of a chill, and floating in the water, bumping against your ship, and the hot, hot tropical heat of the jungle coastline of Asperon. You found giant chunks of ice, which were very strange. On one of these little ice 
mounds floating in the water, you found an octopus tentacle that was kind of phasing in and out of existence. And right as you went to leave, Yuana, you had this strange sensation wash over you. You could feel people underneath the water somewhere. And with some very quick investigation and a very clever handling of a skill challenge, you found three members of the crew of this Imporo ship that was wrecked. The same ship that you had encountered only a week before on the water with your previous close call. And you rescued three crew members from this ship. You got them back on deck afterwards and we're kind of deciding what to do. Now, we are just going to flash forward a little bit ahead and do some one-on-one scenes. You have, if my memory serves correct, I think seven days until you'll make it back to New Bismuth along the water. You have this time to do what you wish on the ship, talk to who you want. Would either of you like to go first? Again, you can set the scene day, night, whenever. O'Reilly, I have a specific thing in mind, so time of day isn't going to work out great for you. Well, I would be working using my uh, potion maker's kit and to make some potions, maybe? Ooh, okay. So let's set the scene. Would this be during the day, at night, in between your watches, during your watch? One of them would be during my watch, but I'm probably sure that I would have been yelled at at some point for not actually watching (laughs) out for dangers and making potions, which I gotta say is I think having potions is pretty great and i think that's really useful but apparently that's not very wise to make them when you're supposed to be on the lookout i just do what they tell me so mostly during the day when i'm not on watch we can start this off i think with a skill check with your tools to see what you can get across making okie dokie oh that is terrible Okay, uh, <laughs> that is ooh, 12, 8 plus 4. A 12. So generally, you, t- you tend to restock your potion supplies when you go from place to place. Across the trip, or at least during one of the days when your duties are a little lighter than normal, spend some time trying to make potions. Now, these are just healing potions? Like, what are we aiming for here? Yes, just some minor healing potions. Okay. Just to get us by. With a 12, I will say, because you're... Limited supplies on a boat, on the water, things are rocking and moving. The DC is a bit higher. So with 12, you get one regular healing potion, just the standard strength, but it uses up twice as much supplies as normal, mostly because you're still not quite used to this. You're you're used to crafting in your room, like not in a place that's bobbing up and down all the time. And even the air out here is saltier than normal. So it dilutes things in a way you weren't quite used to. Over the course of, let's just say, a few days in to your trip, you're able to craft another healing potion just in case. Okay. Hmm. And one of the days I would actually probably go up to Yona and be like, uh, hey, Yona. Hi. Yes. Um, you had a sword, right? Uh, I you know. still do. Uh, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> it's I didn't know it's if right here. Throw it away or something. Um, could I try it? I try to fight with it you in the sparring session no i just kind of want to swing it around and get a feel for, <laughs> for the weapon i'm not a very physically inclined person but i sometimes wish i was and 
I don't know. When I saw you fighting with it, I was like, man, that's the kind of stuff that I wish I could do. But I never wanted to mess around with it because it seemed like that was yours. But now that you have that axe, I was like thinking maybe I could test it out. Of course. I'm happy to help you with that. And I take out the sword. I take it out of the scabbard and I put it like point down on the ground. And the hilt is almost level with Riley's head. <laughs> yes. Okay. Okay. Uh, whew, okay. I can do this. I can do this. Well, so I lift both my hands up and grab the hilt. I take a few quick steps back instantly. <laughs> Realize that I don't really know how this works. Okay, so well, maybe if I do this way? Uh, no. Uh, okay. Oh, so I leave my right hand on the bottom of the hilt, which is technically the top right now. And then I'll swing my other arm kind of underneath so that it's like I'm holding it backwards like <laughs> and i'm going to try with all my might to swing it forward okay roll me a strength check athletics check can i give him advantage by giving him a few pointers on how to hold it properly and how to do that you are very kind sure <laughs> i am very kind i am going to do that okay 14 okay yes, 14. your strength is minus one wow yes what <laughs> So yeah, you're you. What did you? What are you trying to accomplish with the sword here? <clears throat> I'm just trying to get in a few quick swings. So, but for right now, I'm just trying to like pull it, pull it out of the ground with all my body weight. Like really, like I don't know if you're picturing it the way I'm picturing it. <laughs> but paint he's me, got it. Paint like, me a picture with your mouth words. Both hands with my <laughs> mouth words. But yeah, so he has both hands on it but he realized that he couldn't get a, he couldn't even lift it with the way he was holding it because he was just trying to pick it up straight up. So he realized I needed to shift my weight and try and swing it out, swing it out, not pull it out of the ground, but swing it out of the ground. Okay. And okay. like use his whole, every little bit of Riley muscle of his five foot three body <laughs> to try and just swing it forward. Yeah, so you using your body weight, you kind of could dig in and get your foot just to get enough leverage. And when you use your body weight to pull and lift the sword, it does come out of the ground and you go into like a sideways kind of swing. Though, because you're not trained in these types of weapons and your strength is fairly low, controlling it is... <laughs> A lot harder than you expected because its weight is now carrying you. So you're, you <laughs> do the swing and you do a full circle and behind you you hear and you look as Henry ducks below you and the sword sticks into the wood of a box and Henry goes, okay, bye, now, whoa, and he just runs off. <laughs> you look on the floor and there's a little plate of muffins that has been kind of spilled over. So sorry. Oh. Oh. He's already uh -oh. run down the stairs. Uh, oh, uh, uh, Riley quickly looks around. Is there anyone else here except Yona at this point? Roll me a perception check. Can I pick up the muffins and cast digitation on them so that they are not dirty and bring them back to Henry? Absolutely, yeah. Because <laughs> that's a waste of perfectly good muffins, and I feel like Yona would uh, be against Perception that. is 13. How does Riley feel about this attempt? Um... 
confident, okay. embarrassed, like... A little nervous because I just ruined a crate and muffins. So right now, if there's no one here except us two, I would like to try and take it out of said crate and run away. Okay, roll me another athletics check. <laughs> Is this with advantage? No, not with advantage. I'm busy with Ooh, the muffins. Yeah. <laughs> I'm saving the muffins. This is even better. <laughs> oh, boy. That's an eight. Okay, so you put your foot up on the crate and give it a hard pull, and you're... If you want to do Foley work for here, feel free. But you're pulling and pulling. Did you hear that pop? With your perception check, as you're pulling, you look around because you're like, oh, no, oh, no. And you see Susanna, the purple-skinned tiefling, you know, the bard of the ship. She's about... 15 feet away because you guys are up on the deck of the ship. There are people around, but no one seemed to have been paying attention to you. But she is now leaning against the rail. She was eating an apple, which you can tell because there's a bunch of bites out of it. And she's sitting there. Her face is like flush pink. It's very clear to you. She's trying to hold in a laugh. And in that moment, you like panic a little and pull the blade and it comes out of the crate. And as Joanna bends down to pick up a muffin, Joanna, you feel the breeze behind your back <laughs> as the blade goes right above you. And then your hands are so sweaty, it slips out of your hand and just clatters onto the deck. And then behind you, you hear Susanna <laughs> <laughs> laughing. Um, that's a, that's about, that's a, that's. And at this point, you notice more and more people have stopped what they're doing and are watching. Um, Riley, we can find you a short sword or something that's more your speed. And uh, if you want to practice fighting with a weapon, I can do that. But I think this sword might be a bit much. I think, I, I, I think that nothing is more my speed. And I will cast Expeditious Retreat. And <laughs> zoop! Like a, like a cartoon, there's a puff of smoke in here. <laughs> As he <laughs> runs out. And Yolanda, you're left to stand on the deck. It's like the middle of the day with your sword. Susanna is still, she has kind of fallen over now and is sitting on the ground laughing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check if he make any notches on the sword, like didn't knock it on something. Looking at the blade, there are scuffs from where it's stuck into the crate. And... Where he kind of clattered it on the ground, there are, like, again, scuffs, but the blade is mostly undamaged. He didn't roll low enough to cause any damage with it. Or, you know, throw it over the railing. Or hit something made of heavy metal or yeah. something. While Riley's running, he goes, Sorry! <laughs> That's okay! Nothing happened! You're fine! <laughs> I kind of like take a whetstone to the sword to get rid of the scuff mark on it. And I say to Susanna, well, that might not have been the best idea we've ever had. No, it wasn't. Not at all. <laughs> it was funny, though. Yeah, but, well, nobody got stabbed. That is a good outcome in this situation, I think. At this point, Susanna has kind of stood up. She goes, yeah, that's, that's pretty good. Pretty good. I excuse the inconsistency in this accent because it's been like a month and a half since we've played and I've only like been able to talk well like for the past week and a half. So this episode <laughs> might be a little rough in that department. <laughs> well, that is that is why I'm not doing an accent. Because <laughs> being consistent with it <laughs> would be a problem. It's been years. 
when I hear other DMs flubbing and messing it up, I'm like, oh, that's so relatable. I love it. But it's also <laughs> embarrassing. <laughs> so you and Susanna are kind of standing on the deck now. She's kind of gathered up her things, re-purported herself. She's back to eating her apple. It's a nice blade. You got there? Yes, it is. Uh, that uh, had seen some use recently, but uh, I think I'm going to stick to that beauty. And I kind of point to the... I think the axe is always staying somewhere close by. I, I don't leave it anywhere. I take mm -hmm. it with me everywhere I go. Does Riley want to continue his part for the trip? Or were those two things everything that Riley wanted to do? I kind of don't want to interject. Yeah, I was going to ask. So from here is a wait, there's a pretty easy in to get to the scene that I know you want to investigate with this mm -hmm. axe, but we could also cut away to Riley doing Riley's thing. Your call. Yeah, let's 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 continue with Riley. Okay, so as you and Susanna are kind of just having a pleasant conversation, our camera pulls down and goes between two of the floorboards of the deck of the ship and we are in the belly of the beast, so to speak. Sunlight is coming in through the cracks of the floorboards in the wood, just gently illuminating the space as we see the shadow of Riley quickly running through the cargo hold down to the chambers where the security team kind of keeps himself comfortable. What would you like to do, Riley? Runs into the room, jumps onto the bed or whatever it is that I sleep on, and I just take out my small little notebook and write, no weapons. Ever. <laughs> and I will put that back in my pocket. And then I take out my big boy book and I start reading. And then I whisper to myself, this is more my speed. So this is kind of the first time we've explored this tome. You've had it with you for most of the trip. Me and you, we know enough about it. But this is the first time our audience is getting a look and feel with it. In my head, I've always imagined it as this really thick leather-bound tome, but the leather is black. How do you imagine it? It is definitely a larger book than average. Like, if you think about, like, an average textbook, I think that it's at least double that size. I also think that it is leather-bound as well. It's very plain, so black leather works well as well but it's very worn, like super, super worn and very stained. And you could see the covers like in tatters, but has been sewed back up so many times. It's been through a lot of hands. Cool, so it's very, very, very old. Okay, so you mentioned stains. Does Riley know what any of the stains are? Has he guessed? What do you imagine that to be? They're just very inky black stains that because the leather is so dark, it kind of just covers the color. You could tell there's a stain to it, but I can't tell if that's a wine stain, a water stain, blood, mud. I, I don't know. So it's very much weathered. Mm -hmm. So you're in your room with this tome to set the scene. We just kind of established it's the middle of the day. So let's say it's like 3, 4 p.m. or something like that. What does Riley do with the tome? It's now sitting in your hands comfortably as it usually is. He's already looked through the very front of the pages as you do and the very last page as you do. So he just has it in his hands and he closes his eyes and will just open the book. Just okay. random page. Random page? Mm-hmm. 
Okay, so you close your eyes. The very rough leather of this thing in your hands you can feel it as your fingers pour across the cover and you pull it apart. And this thing is so old. The pages are these kind of thick, worn and yellowed vellum. Every page, it's not paper at all. That's why it caught your eye because it's the, the strangest book you've ever seen. And you pull it open and the, some of the pages stick together as you pull and as you fan it apart, pages open bit by bit. And then it kind of openly settles somewhere in the middle of the tome. Now, I can describe what's on this page, but you can too, if you'd like. When the book opens and it comes to a rest, he opens his eyes and he'll push up his glasses and stare down at the page. On one of the pages, just a whole bunch of circles. And mm -hmm. within, the, like around the circles are little bits of, for him at the very moment, squiggly lines very squiggly lines and it's, it's very diagram like very diagram and he doesn't really understand what that is you so can circles the are they like overlapping and concentric is it like a bunch of different circles all spread out they all have a very very similar design where it's one circle and then another circle over it so there's a a line in between and that becomes a line where the squiggles and all the runes and sigils are kind of wrapping around and so there's like one of them in the center of the page and then around that there's various other ones smaller ones bigger ones all around overlapping some of them look like they are perfectly centered some of them are off the page looking like like it's not all there like it's an incomplete note? Yes. Okay. If the book was bigger, like at the corner would be like a semicircle. Okay, like yeah, you I see what you that mean. There's more to mean. it. There's more to it, yeah. And it's just all of them, like I said, overlapping. So And very similar in design, but some of them smaller, some of them bigger, some of them just in between those sizes, and they're all like on top of each other. Some of them are just looking like they're incomplete. So to, to paint this in a little bit, inside some of these circles, in one circle, one of the ones that are, happen to be complete, you can see an illustration. Very, very rough and simple. It's more like an icon that someone has painted in with this rough and old ink. But it's a tiny cage, like a bird cage. And then another one that is also complete, but they're both kind of weaving to the corner of the page with these squiggly connected lines. You see what looks to be a body, like a person, but they're kind of strewn about in a way that's inhuman and kind of broken. If you want to roll me an arcana or an insight check. Mm, I will do arcana because I'm better at that. 18. 18. Okay, so you recognize the first icon as the cage. Looking at the way it's drawn and the way it's illustrated, you recognize that as some kind of component required. And the other one is another material needed. Um, same kind of deal. You can tell because the rings surrounding them and the illustrations are exactly the same, precisely the same. And the one with this kind of broken, strange body, you have seen in other illustrations, mostly from your classes or your, your teachers talking about higher level works. But that is absolutely common note for a corpse. In the distance, you hear someone open and close a door to a supply room. <laughs> <sighs> what would you like to do? Oh, better question. What languages does Riley speak? 
he speaks draconic infernal and common you do see some infernal now looking through it it's actually a handwritten note in the bottom corner it's written in a way that's a little let's just say the the, the verbiage is older than you expect like the way it's the way the language is written is written in a way that's clearly much more dated than what you've seen your teachers use as common infernal for notes but you see two words in infernal soul cage but as you said this looks like it's incomplete and i will say i do have eyes of the roomkeeper mm. okay yeah so plain as day you can tell that that says soul cage and though again you still note that the language is older than the common the common infernal that you see mages use nowadays do you do anything with this page that was just two of the completed circles right Mm -hmm. Or one of them. Basically, imagine two completed circles on this page and then a bunch of larger ones that are easily breaching the end of the page. Before he moves on to the other page, do the other broken circles, do they look like if he tried to redraw them, they would connect into a larger circle? It'll make it complete? Yeah, just from pure looking at this, it looks like this is a piece of something that is incomplete. It's hard to tell if it's intentionally incomplete or if there are multiple things that, you know, connect together like a puzzle. But what you can see here, this is very high level magic. He will actually write, he will actually just write in common mm -hmm. on the page, uh, soul cage. Okay. You write this down, soul cage. What do you do? Right on top of it. And he will go to the next page. Okay. You flip through and again, it's another, it looks like it's some kind of layout for a spell, a ritual, something. As are most of the pages of these books, there's no real notes and directions. It's not a teaching book. And again, it's something similar. More broken, more complicated than the last page. But every time you flip through a page, you just get these kind of complicated diagrams. What could be rituals, it could be coded information. It's hard to tell. Hmm. Okay, well, okay, so Soul Cage, gonna have to research that later. That's what I'll have to do. Um, no, I won't. But Zira has all the books. Uh, I'll ask her later if if uh, she has any books on soul cages or something, uh, hmm. he'll close the book for now. Roll me a wisdom saving throw. No. Uh, what? Okay. Oh, you said saving throw. That is <laughs> wisdom? Yep. Oh, that's not bad. 19. As you close the book and put it down, for a brief moment, you kind of feel confused. And you're like, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. I'm supposed to look up Soul Cage later. And like for a brief moment, it almost felt like you forgot that information. You know, like I'm standing in front of the fridge and I don't remember why I'm here moment. Mm -hmm. But then it immediately returns to you. The moment the book shut, you just felt that happen. Weird. Uh, soul Cage. Okay. Um, hmm. While your gears are spinning over this, we're going to pull away. Hey there. No more pre-recorded minerals, huh? Well, mostly because my voice is finally back. I had a cough for like almost two months and it's basically gone. It really does a number on the good old vocal cords. Anyway, back to our usual. If you'd like to support the show, at this point I'm pretty sure you know where to go. Twitter, Facebook, and all that jazz. Links to all that stuff is on our website. And we really appreciate the love. If you'd like to support us directly, we also have merch on Redbubble. Which, again, also on our website. Nice big central hub for all the cool stuff. 
I want to take some time this episode to let y'all know how much I truly appreciate your support. This show started off as mostly a whim. I really enjoyed playing D&D and the idea of adding music and sound effects to all the cool scenes that we really, you know, had fun playing out at the table. That just kind of sung to me, so I just started doing it for me, mostly. And so many people have started decorating their time with this project that, well, saying my heart is full is putting it very, very lightly. Tabletop and improv storytelling is my fashion, apparently, and I'm truly grateful our work is meaningful to you as well. If you want to contribute and, you know, maybe become a part of the story, you can put an NPC name on our website if you want. I've gotten some really funny recommendations, and some that are pretty wild. Listeners who've always shown us love, like poems by Cheyenne, Paul, Jordash, Susanna, and Atticus, have all put some really awesome names into that list, and every single one of them has become a real, living, breathing NPC who's part of the story that we're telling here, and I'd love to involve you all in that as well. All right, enough of me ripping my heart out and rubbing it all over the table. Let's get back to the show, shall we? While your gears are spinning over this, we're going to pull away to Ioana. Um, it's been a few minutes. What have you and Susanna been talking about? Hmm, probably something about like training and different kinds of weapons and like asking her what kind of weapons she uses. Okay, yeah, so going through, we'll just pull right into the conversation. And she's like, so I seem to like the, uh, and she kind of motions to the blades at her hip, the two scimitars, curved, fast, gives me plenty of leverage against large blades like yours. You know, and Absolutely. a good crossbow bolt does a lot of work. Oh, we had some experience with crossbow bolts. Uh, did not enjoy them at all. Much more fun to be on the trigger end. Yes, probably. I was thinking that Riley seemed, seemed pretty down after this whole endeavor. And uh, I was thinking that maybe I could try and show him something with a more suitable weapon later, if he is still willing. So I wouldn't, of course, ask to use your blades, but if you have any like training sword somewhere that we could use uh, for him, something more manageable than this, and I kind of point to my greatsword. Yeah, that was a lot for him. Little fella. It's almost as big as he is, so stands to reason it wouldn't be that easy to swing it. Well, I think I could scrape together a short sword or uh And she like motions down to her boot and kind of pulls her pant leg up and you can see there's like a fairly large dagger sticking out. She has a sheath there and she motions to that or something like a dagger. It might be more her speed. Yeah, I have a couple of those too, uh, but he seemed to be more interested in, in a larger weapon. So I was thinking short sword or a rapier, maybe could work for him. Something light, you know? Oh yeah, sharp. Rapier, sharp and pointy, very light, that could work. Hmm? I'll see what I can do Um, a little bit. I'll, you know, let him unwind from that little bit of embarrassment. I'll do some digging, see what we can find. Great, thanks. And she looks at you a little sheepishly, and then that kind of folds away immediately, and she goes, you want to spar? Actually, I do, but I still am trying to understand what this does, and I take the, the axe. And um, this is a magical item that I don't fully understand, so Ooh. it might be a bit dangerous to, you know, just mess around with it. If we want to spar and I'm to use that, uh, there should be somebody else here just, you know, for everybody's safety. I don't know what, what exactly is going to happen. That's a smart move. Hmm. 
It's perfectly okay to say no. Can I swing the possibly cursed magical item at you is a very strange proposal. And uh, if you say no, I will absolutely respect that. I can just meditate, you know? As you're kind of like talking, you're trying to talk yourself out of it in the middle of your sentence, <laughs> she cuts you off and goes, oh, fuck it. She pulls out both the centaurs and goes, I've met worse fates in a bars in between drinks. Okay, then, uh, if you're sure, let's do this. What are the rules of engagement here? Well, we are we are obviously not trying to kill each other. Oh, yeah, stands to reason. Somebody would be extremely unhappy with us. Uh, and outright maiming, probably also not a good idea, but uh, I think we can manage if somebody gets nicked a little bit, right? All right, I like that. Okay. Roll me initiative. Oh, God. Please don't make me kill her. So <laughs> exciting. I'm not and here, but... Uh, so. 11. 11? Yes. Oh, man, this, this amethyst dice rolls real bad. I got a three. I want to understand what the axe does, right? So, of course, if somebody asks me if we can go sparring, I'm going to say yes. Ooh. Okay. As you're ready, she's kind of standing there about five feet away from you. Like, you're within range of each other pretty immediately. And she has her blade squared up and you have the first move. It looks like she's on the defensive. What do you do? Hmm. Uh, I'm going to make the first attack uh, without raging, just to see if uh, the ghost of uh, ghosts of ancestors will show up or, or something. So I'm just going to straight up go ahead and sw swing the axe at her. Okay. Roll me an attack roll. I might be missing because that is just 14. Yep. Um, so you step. How do you miss or how do you fail this? I think she she just takes a very quick step to the side and just avoids it easily. It's a heavy weapon. It, it takes a bit to uh, swing it. So uh, I'm too slow. She, she moves out of the way. Okay. Whoops. I threw that when I didn't mean to. Sorry. Yeah. So you swing the blade down and she, just like she said to you, you see one of her scimitars just gently hit the side of your blade and deflect it to the side and she steps in and swings the blade forward and you feel polished cold steel swipe across like your cheek right above your eye and there's a tiny nick and she kind of leans in close and goes one point for me and then very quickly takes a step out of your reach quicker than you expect because she is sure-footed and can disengage yeah she can or light-footed sorry okay since nothing really happened and there were no strange effects happening, I think I would like to rage. I would Ooh. like to get angry and to try to fuel that fury into making my next attack faster. And uh, I'm going to attack recklessly. Ooh, okay. So as you rage, you know those spirits appear. But paint me that picture. Mm-hmm. So I kind of, th there is no subtlety to it. I, I just basically raise the axe, let out a scream and charge with it and swing it uh, as fast as I can towards her. And as I do, it kind of looks like I'm leading the charge and there is a group of ghosts <laughs> just charging, like uh, charging behind me uh, towards her. So I'm attacking recklessly, which gives me an advantage. Okay. I rolled the natural 20. Nice. Okay, so for the purposes of this, because your goals aren't to hurt each other, when she yeah. nicked you, technically she was supposed to deal a d8 plus four, but she's just going for points. Sure. So you can flavor this however you want, but realistically it's only going to be 
couple points of damage. I was just going by one, but if you want to accidentally overdrive this, feel free. No, I think I'm going to, like, it looks like I'm going to do something absolutely horrific to her, but at the last moment, I kind of turn the, bl- turn the blade of the axe, and instead of uh, hitting her with the edge and with the sharp edge of the blade, I kind of hit her with the flat side of the blade, mm-hmm. maybe on her elbow to make her drop one of the scimitars. Uh, like you know, funny bone. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Smacked with a with a with a with the axe. I love this. So as you kind of berserker charge forward, and behind you, maybe you don't even realize it, but that these ancestral spirits appear behind you in a similar charge. And in a brief moment, you see it as you're sprinting forward. A look of shock rolls over Susanna's face, and she's looking between all of these spectral enemies behind you, and it's so distracting. You go in for a full swing and you hear another crew member gasp and then you kind of turn the blade and hit her with the flat and you hit her so hard because it's a natural 20. This will be two points for you. Mm -hmm. She kind of drops her scimitar to her feet as you hit her arm and she actually rolls to the side and like impacts against the barrel and kind of quickly gets up onto her feet. Well, that's a mighty fine trick you got there. I probably only noticed the specters around me right now. Mm -hmm. And I think I just drop the rage and just stare at them for for a moment and stare at the axe and at them and don't think that's the axe doing that. I think it's me. You hear footsteps much quicker than you expected. And behind you, you feel a quick poke at kind of like the back of your thigh. She smacks the side of your thigh with the flat of her blade. She has advantage because I attacked recklessly. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah, that's even higher. She rolled a 21. She smacks the side of your leg with the flat of the blade. And as you kind of look behind you, she does a quick dart backwards again and goes, keep your eye on the game. Okay. um... She starts to circle around you a little and she goes, so what is that fancy legion you got back there? I guess they're fading away at this point. Would you believe me? I had no idea. And I kind of halfway through the sentence mm-hmm. start moving so that I try to catch her by surprise. Ooh. But uh, yeah, I'm aiming towards her legs so that I can knock her off balance. This time it's a straight roll because I'm no longer attacking recklessly. Oh no. Uh, well, that would be, well, not so shitty. Uh, 15. 15. Okay. So you're going for her legs with the flat of the blade, right? Yeah. As you're swinging it, you swing wide. And as it's passing under her, you watch as she deftly leaps up off the ground over the blade and you see her foot touch the hilt very close to you. And she, you see as she hops off of the blade as it swings under her, there's just this kind of big grin on her face as she like lands on the ground again and puts her scimitar right up to your face. Fast, but not fast enough. <laughs> I'm starting to get angry again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not enough to rage yet, but... Well, come on then. Are you just going to talk or are you going to try and stab me? Well, it's 2-2. Two, two. And as she's saying this, she does a quick just stab forward to try and catch your like your arm. And you see it coming. It was a natural one. Okay. What do you do? I would like to use my action to actually try to shove her instead of attack with a with a with a weapon. Ooh, okay. So I believe that's athletics on my side and athletics or acrobatics on your side. Yep. Let's go. I can do either of those. I didn't rage before, so I'll do acrobatics. Well, you're going to succeed because I rolled an eight. I rolled an eight, which becomes a 16. (laughs) Yeah. 
I rolled a two, which became an eight. Yeah, so as you get try to give her this shove, she definitely like rolls with the hit and mm-hmm. you, all of the force you were putting in it to try and throw her off balance sends you in the same place where she was standing and you've kind of swapped places. But in the midst of the combat, you kind of stumble and kick. There's like a bucket of water where there was a mop. Someone was left it while they were you know cleaning the deck and you kind of fall face forward and water from the bucket splashes up onto your face. Oh, I'm definitely going to rage now. Okay, right before you rage, you feel a buzz of electricity all over your face where the water touched you. Not painful, but similar to what you experienced before. Huh, okay. This is something to consider later. Right now I'm pissed. So Mm -hmm. I would like to rage again. Ooh, okay. And get back on my feet, wipe the water off my face and kind of square against her. And I believe it's her attack now, right? Because I just missed with my shove. She does a quick step forward towards you and maybe maybe it's just the rage you're feeling. But you see her coming and you see what she's trying to do long before she gets there. She was just going to smack the side of your leg again with the flat of her blade. How do you okay. get out of it, deflect it, do whatever? Uh, I think I just uh, intimidated her into hesitating at the last possible moment because Ooh, I just got up with comp- absolute fury on my face and I'm just stalking towards her with the axe gripped tightly in my hands. And she, she just hesitated for half a second. She hesitated for a moment because as you rage again, do those spirits reappear? Or is that like a once a short rest kind of thing? They appear when I enter rage. Okay, yeah, so they show up. And they disappear if the rage ends. And it says absolutely nothing on... uh, about how many times it happens. So it happens as many times as I rage. So they appear again. Okay, yeah. So as you step forward and just start to prowl towards her with this kind of fury boiling over you. You can hear boots on the deck of the ship. And you look around and you notice that the crew is now watching this kind of little sparring session. And they're like stomping their feet on the ground in like a rhythm. Okay. And like you can hear kind of like cheering and like voices going back and forth. Some crew members are taking bets. (laughs) Of course they are. What do you do? Well, I try to attack her again, and uh, this time I kind of last couple of steps as I stalk towards her, I speed up and I kind of take a leap and swing the axe high above my head and try to attack from above. Ooh, okay. Roll me an attack. Recklessly, of course. Mm -hmm. 22. That hits. Yeah. So how does it paint me this hit? Uh, I think I'm going to just bonk her on the head really hard, but uh, (laughs) not with... Again, not with the intent to kill her, but just with the intent to daze her and and, and, and confuse her. Mm-hmm. You successfully land, and right at the last second, blade tilts to the side. You bonk her with it, and she kind of like f- falls down a bit and rolls to the side. Let's see how she does. In that moment, as she's kind of dazed, you quickly see her shake her head and roll forward. And she swings, she's swinging for your leg again, like she's trying to hit the side of your thigh. You're aware of that. You're used to it and you kind of get out of the way at the last second and you see a smile curl across her face as you haven't realized she's picked up her other simtar because you switch places. And the second one mm-hmm. comes in and just hits you right on the side of the face like a cheek slap. And then she very quickly takes two steps back. So she's about 15 feet from you and she's kind of starting to stalk in a circle. She goes, looks like we're tied again. Next point to win. I don't respond, I just yell and charge. Oh, nice, okay. With another reckless attack. If possible, I would like to time it so that I can kind of pin her against something, like when she's like passing by the mast or some Ooh, crates or yes, something. Yes, yes. 
I love it. Well, that would be a 23. Okay, so we can flavor that as your advantage so that you time your charge because she's goading you. She's trying to goad you. You're watching as she's waiting for her to line up with the the center mast of the ship and you charge at that moment and you see her grin and she goes to take a step backwards and realizes you've lined her right up with the mast. Paint this victory for me. Yeah, so basically she, instead of getting out of the way and avoiding the downward swing of the axe, she bumps her back into the into the mast. She steps into the mast and doesn't have enough time to move to the side and, and the axe just falls down. And once again, uh, turned to the flat side at the last moment. And this time very squarely lands on one of her shoulders, like almost knocking her to her knees. Oh, and that's exactly what happens. You Just the weight of the blade slams down she kind of curls her head so it hits like the top of her shoulders to minimize the impact but you push her down on the one knee and you hear both her simtars hit the ground as she lets them go and then okay. she looks up at you you're a tough one she got a smile i am grinning i've been grinning the whole time throughout this fight and it's a pretty terrifying expression because i'm also furious mm -hmm. but i think i have enough presence of mind to just drop the rage and not continue attacking at this moment but the last moment like with this triumph i look around and take a look at the spirits before letting them slip away roll me a history check i'm good at that really good at that well, that's a stupid roll. That would be a 12. 12 is fine because your family is large and expansive and, you know, they're honored very well at the place that they live uh, or place the temple that you came from. Which ancestor would you like to make con eye contact with as they're fading? I think it's going to be, I'm not exactly sure who this person is, but she kind of looks like me. She is also very tall, very like broad-shouldered and looking strong, but she is also very, very old. And I can see that despite her age, uh, she, she still has like strong body, strong muscles. And I am not exactly sure who she is, but she is uh, definitely um, like maybe my great-grandmother or, or somebody like that. Some, some matron of the family, matriarch of the family from several generations back. Maybe you recognize, I like the idea of maybe you recognize her because you've seen some kind of photographs exist in Esperon, especially around New Bismuth. It's a thing that would be very easy to get a hold of. Um, so maybe it's okay. a photograph, maybe it's a family Or maybe portrait. there's a statue of her somewhere. Oh, I love that. I love that. Like, it's just vague enough that you feel like you recognize her, but you can't quite place it right now. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So you make eye contact with this, you know, matron figure as she just smiles and nods her head as you you feel the salt salty wind of the sea blow through and you watch the um these kind of ancestors just blur and get blown away like dust on the wind and then the crew erupts in cheers um you hear some people yelling and cursing you hear coins hitting the deck and boots stomping <laughs> angrily away you hear neil go i knew it ha sucker <laughs> and he's he's bends down and starts picking up coins off the bottom of the deck and as this is going on you see a familiar form Ooh, for me. break through the crowd and it's Kothak and he goes, all right, all right, look, sparring's good. Keeping your wits about you. Love it, but get back to work. We got a few more days and we're going to be in New Bismuth soon. And the crew grumbling, groaning, starts to scatter. I help Susanna up. Good fight. You're, you're really quick. You're a lot faster than you look. She like wipes a little bit. You can see now there's a little bit of blood coming down from her lip and she wipes it away. Thanks. 
If you want to spar some other time, I'd be happy to do it, perhaps this time just with my sword, so that we don't have any strange surprises this time. I've been around for a while, and I've never seen anything like that come from a weapon. And you feel her, she kind of reaches up and kind of puts her hand on your shoulder. That was all from you. I know, but um, I think I'm beginning to understand that, and... I kind of don't want to add the other unknown element to it, if you understand what I, I mean. I see what you mean. mean. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm always willing to spar with you. I can't leave it settled with you winning. <laughs> uh, rematch, then, uh, when we are done with all our, our chores and don't have any important tasks to do. And I kind of raise my voice a little bit and look at Kothak. So <laughs> she, she, she smiles like, yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> and gives you a wink. And she goes, another time. Another time, and maybe some ale in the evening to celebrate the victory. And yeah, that. I'm kind of like shaken a little bit by the whole situation. I'm gonna go sit down somewhere and think about things. I'm gonna go get a drink myself. Enjoy the view. And she kind of beckons to the ocean and reaches out her hand to give you a handshake. I shake her hand. Good fighting you. And she confidently strides off, picks up bo um, both her simtars off the ground as she goes and resheaths them. And as she passes by, you see one of the crew members kind of goading her and she just, shut up, <laughs> and like trudges down the stairs. You've made a rival. So we fade off. Riley. Hello? It is nighttime. You've, let's say Riley was studying. Um, where would he fall asleep and how? Um, he would probably not be in bed. He would be at the foot of his bed on the floor. Okay. Um, where are his books around him? Um, they're most likely um, just gathered at the edges, kind of like left and right of his, of his room. Mm -hmm. So it's just literally like a straightaway. You open the door, see his bed, left, right, couple piles of books. Piles of books. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, you're laying here asleep, kind of back against the bed. Does Riley snore? Um, I feel like no, but like if he stirs, he does that little chortle where he kind of does that like. <clears throat> In the midst, sometimes of one of those. Um, tell me, what book? Does Riley have open closest to him? and Or did he fall asleep reading a book? Or is he just out? Um, definitely fell asleep reading a book. I don't think he ever really just goes to sleep. Unless it's like after a big battle. Maybe. But okay. if it's just downtime, he's definitely going to be like, I'm tired, but not tired enough. I'm going to crack open a book and then kind of nod off that way. What book does he have cracked open? Um, he has a book for, um, that talks about the mind. Okay. Cracked open. Uh, about how the mind works, how people can alter it in some ways. Uh, yeah, that's what he would have out right now. Okay. So while he's doing that kind of midnight chort, like a chortle, I guess is the word I'm going to use. I don't know if that's accurate, but you get the idea. Yeah. 
Um, the porthole window to your room is closed. Outside, the wind is howling. You can hear the, the waves kind of gently lapping up against the side of the ship. Somewhere in the distance, Neil is climbing up a rope rigging to get a better look around on the open, dark seascape illuminated by the rings. And in your sleep, you hear, and you wake up in your room, heart beating fast. What do you do? Hello? Silence. Uh, I scan the corners of my room. Roll me a perception check. Perception. Six. Looking around, you don't see anyone or anything that would be... It might make it sound like that. It could have been a dream. Does it sound like it's coming from any particular direction? It stopped the moment you woke up, and with your perception check as low as it is, it's hard to tell. The book, the book you were reading is still, like, half open in your lap. Maybe as you awoke startled, it slid to the floor. Uh, I'll close it. Uh, oh boy. Wait, didn't Neil say there's like a ghost or something? Does Riley have a watch or anything to keep track of time? Nope. Not at all. Okay. <laughs> he doesn't care much for time. So it's very dark outside. Very, very dark. If the candle has burned down that you left on, like, like left burning while you were reading. Um, he does have devil's sight. Okay. So the room is kind of bathed in this kind of vibrant black and white. You can see everything. And you notice something strange. Your black leather spell book is open. Uh, what page is it on? Describe to me what the last page of this book looks like. Uh, hmm. Because earlier you said you looked at the front and you looked at the back. Yeah. Uh, I should really think about this stuff beforehand. Uh, Mm -mm. Then it's not improv, bud. That's true, but I don't (laughs) like... Okay. um, I feel like the last page is totally different. It gets weird. The book is weird. Because the first, like the first half of the book, normal, normal, like you described, vellum, really nice paper. As you get towards the back, it goes from regular, like white paper or off white paper. Mm-hmm. Well, again, every every page is this kind of vellum, which to remind you, vellum is actually made from like animal skins. It's not. It's not a wood product at all. Okay. Um whatever color it is it gets weird because towards the middle towards like the latter half instead of just being this whatever color it is i don't know i'm just because you know paper's white to me uh they start getting darker and darker and darker mm-hmm. and instead of being instead of being like black ink on white paper it starts just being like a black piece of paper with white ink Almost. Ooh, I love this. You, I love this because you landed exactly where I want it to be. I had an image in my um, head and you just described it. Yeah, so. Oh, that's so cool. Okay, so as you look over to the book, it is open to the last page, but it's different 
than the last time you saw it. Tell me, the last page of this book, what did it have written on it? Um, I feel like, scary enough, it's in, like, Infernal, and it would have said just, end. That page, a single black canvas, totally black, like someone took a, took a piece of vellum and let it sit in ink for a century. It's so dark. Normally, you'd expect it to see the word end, but as the ring light, the midnight ring light shines through the window, this page looks different. In the center, you see an orb with a continent drawn on it. Your basic geography would probably say that it's Asperon. It's sealed in these concentric circles, which you can clearly tell represent the rings of the planet. In each of these rings, there are dots that you can clearly tell represent the 11 moons of Asperon. But in the one place at the very top, if this were a clock, it would be noon. There is a planet illustrated that you have never seen before. It's faceted like a diamond. Behind this canvas illustration, there are hundreds of white flecks of paint, like white ink, all over the page. Unlike anything you've seen before. And there's something written in the top that you can't read, even with the eyes of the roomkeeper. What does Riley do? Um, like, I just imagined as you were describing that, like, he's kind of getting drawn into it. So, like, he's almost, he's like as close to the book and the page as you can possibly get mm -hmm. while seeing the whole page still mm -hmm. what are those flecks it's just doesn't seem like it goes there uh. yeah it's weird staring at the flecks you can feel something strange happening you're like it doesn't feel like it should should be there and you blink and in a moment they're gone and you blink again and they're back like something is actively trying to remove them from your perception the more you think about it, the harder it is to notice them. He touches the the diamond, the diamond shape at the top. As your finger approaches, you hear it again. Do you, do you continue? He pauses for a moment, like, because now he, so that's where, so that's where you are. And, and he does that little Indiana Jones, like rubbing his fingers together. And he just does that for, like, literally 30 seconds. He's debating. Uh, almost and shaking, kind of like I am right now. And <laughs> yes. Quickly just taps it. As you push your finger forward, the, the weird discordant whispers crescendos into this maddening. <laughs> and you touch it. And it feels like something hits you in the chest. All the wind is taken out of you. Your eyes close and you open them and you're floating in a black void. And one by one, you see these little white dots appear around you. Every single one has their center carved out. Like you're looking at a moon that's missing the middle. What do you do? Hello? Your voice echoes off into the distance. Nothing. Okay, uh, I've read about this. I'm either dreaming, 
a, a very lucid dream, or, uh, um, astral projection, I believe it's called. Uh, hmm. Hmm. Uh, am I, like, floating, or am mm -hmm. I, like, on swan? Okay. You're floating. I'm gonna go up to the, the holes, and I'm gonna stick my hand in it, in one of the holes. So you focus and try and will yourself in a direction, I assume? Mm-hmm. Roll me a charisma saving throw. Oh, oh, uh, the 15. 15. You start to will yourself and float in a direction of one of these dots, and it's getting closer and bigger, and you feel like you're being watched. And in that moment, you hear a voice speak to you, but backwards. Hey, son. Though you can understand it, not yet. And you feel like a rope around your waist, you're tugged backwards. And all those white dots become streaks of light as you're pulled backwards. And you suddenly <gasps> catch your breath and you're in front of this book again. The whispering has stopped and you're looking at this inky black page at the back of the tome. But you notice something. There's now a page behind it. What do you do? Aww. I couldn't try and fight fight the uh, pull. Mm -mm. Okay. Way beyond you. Ah. Uh, well, I look at the page. You flip it over, and you see very similar to the spell you were looking at before a diagram written in this white ink on another, yet another black page that has appeared out of nowhere. A lot of the words are written in infernal but backwards, so it takes you a moment but you can feel a sense of power over it, like you can engage with it. What do you do? Oh, I have to read it. Okay. Um, roll me an arcana check. I gots to know. Oh, that is super good. Uh, arcana. 19. You read it. You, do, you, um, do you read it out loud in your head? What do you do? Out loud. Oh, oh definitely out loud. I, I am too into this. You're reading it out loud, and in your head, you're reading the words normally, but they're coming out backwards. And when you finish reading the words out loud, remind me not what I have seen. That You know what? That's all it says. <laughs> um, remind me not what I have seen or heard, and make time flow once again. And in that moment, you feel power wash out of you and then immediately double back and hit you. And you just forgotten this the last six seconds. You forgot read that you read the page. You forgot that you just cast the spell. You feel a little tired, but you're not sure why, and this spell is in front of you again. What do you do? Oh, I hate you. I hate you so much right now. <laughs> I read the page. It's another first level spell slot burned. The same exact thing happens. You cast it again and wipe the last six seconds from your memory. What do you do? Do I do I get a sense of this right now? Do I get like deja vu? The second time, yeah, the second time you feel tired and you have a, you feel mu much more tired and you have a sense of deja vu. What do you do? You can roll a check, you can read it again. Um, read it again, <laughs> I read it again. You read it for a third time and the same exact thing happens. Okay. After that, he gets a, a super deja vu, 
And so he takes out his small notebook and then he writes, Strange new page appears. I read it, or I'm going to read it. And then he reads it again. That's another first level spell slot burned. You cast the spell another time, and this time when your memory comes, your journal is in front of you open with those words. And I I do, uh, I guess, an arcana check? Yep, roll me one. Please be good. Come on. Something's weird's going on. Oh, that's that's not that's not that great. Ten. Ten? That's fine. Based on your experience and the fact that you had enough foresight to write it down, you kind of understand what's happening. You're using magic to unwrite a memory of an event you're focusing on. Up duration up to six seconds. It's essentially mechanically a redo. You try and persuade someone wrong, you say the wrong thing, you mutter the spell under their breath. And the memory of your mistake, up to six seconds, is unwritten, and you get to try one more time. Oh, oh that's, uh, that's interesting. Basically, it, the most common and useful situation would probably be to get a re-roll on, like, a charisma check. Like, intimidation, perception, or persuasion, um, deception, things of that nature it would be very good at that. Hmm. Oh, that's interesting, all right. Uh, Little freaked, now that he knows, we'll close the book. Okay, Uh, you close the book. Uh, I, I look out the window. Is it daylight, or what kind of time frame am I looking at here? Roll me a survival check. Survival, oui. Uh, survival. That is a dirty 20. Wow. Um, looking at the arrangement of the moons and the rings and just the eerie quiet that fills you fills the air. This is what a spellcaster might call the witching hour. Oh, man. Midnight. Um, I will go. What he does is he will open his door and who's straight across from him? Um, I think it was Ioana, or because there's four rooms. There's one empty now, but there's four rooms. Right. Um, he will go well, if some if he knows someone's in there, like Ioana or Zira or whoever. He would literally go like, uh, right about to knock and be like, hey. but he's like, oh, they're probably asleep. Okay, I shouldn't bother them. Uh, oh, oh, and then he will run upstairs. Okay, you run up to the deck of the ship. What do you do? Yes. First person he sees. Um, at this late at night, are you looking for watch or crew? Doesn't matter. Whoever's awake. Let's go with Neil. Um, at this time of night, he's usually patrolling the decks. Just keep a watch out. You come up and almost bump into him. Oh, 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 Neil. Uh, oh, well, the, just the person I was looking for. Uh, Hello, Riley. Uh, How are you? Uh, are you okay? I've, you look You look spooked. I... I think I'm fine. Uh, okay. Just, just trying to figure out what to say. Uh, he's trying to figure out like something to say to him to mm-hmm. make him forget. Okay. Um. Okay. Uh, how about this? Can you tell me something embarrassing that happened when you were a kid? Uh. What? Like no? You know, why? No, no. Yeah, like a like bed bedwetting or. 
being bullied or stubbing your toe and it looks weird now? He look, looks you in the eyes. No, I will not give you ammo. Ammo for what? Unless you roll me a persuasion check that's really good. <laughs> I kind of want to just win this. Oh, without... yep, the spell. You can cast oh. it right now to try to get a redo. Uh, Oh, first roll the persuasion. You you know what? That's a failure. Not, it was so bad. It's, it's a failure. It's 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 a it's a six plus whatever. Okay. Okay. Um. Yeah. I will cast. Um. I will. Yeah. I will cast. Uh, Riley's recall. Wisdom save. What's your spell DC? Spell DC is uh fourteen. Ooh. I rolled a three, and Neil is not wise. So. That is failure. This dice has rolled a lot of threes today. Keep rolling it. No, no, no. no. It's going in the jail. All right. You cast this spell. I will warn you. What do you say to make it happen? Um, so what he does is he acts like he's leaving. Mm -hmm. And then he does that Columbo thing where he goes like, oh, wait, what, one more thing. Oh, and is that the, the, the trigger phrase? Yeah. He'll be like, oh, one more thing. And it activates. You see Neil's brow kind of furrow. Oh, Riley, hello. What you what you doing up? Is everything okay? You look kind of uh, frazzled. Oh yeah. Um. So. You have any uh? You have any childhood you know issues? You know, bedwetting or stepping your toe and now it looks funny. Roll me another bullying. Another persuasion check. That's another first level spell yeah. slot. You're burning through them. Uh, that is, oh, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, 22. Wow. Um, Neil's, 16 he's kind of like, plus six. Hmm. Not that I can think of. I was afraid of snakes for a while, but they are just angry rope. Why did it have to be snakes? Okay. Okay, Neil. Um, um make note of that. Every, uh, everything okay? Perfectly fine. Perfectly fine. Um, you said, well, well, actually, you said that there's a spirit on board? <laughs> yes. Does it mess with your books? It, spirit messes with whatever spirit wants. It, uh, well, is, is it, is, does the spirit usually want, uh, b b books? No, he, spirit usually eat book. Likes uh, taste of paper. Oh. Eef. And the crunch. If you want to roll an insight check, you can. You don't have to. <laughs> oh, I'm not. Okay. Because yep. uh... <laughs> look, Riley, it's been fun, pleasure. We talk childhood dramas. It's okay. I am going to go on walk now. This conversation has bored me. And he starts to uh, walk away. No, no snakes. No snakes. Um, no snakes. He will. Riley walks back to his room and and. Uh, in his smaller notebook writes, Neil, no snakes. And, and just kind of paces around his room for a while until he gets tired again. Roll me a perception well, check real quick. A little too exciting, guys. Ugh, uh, percep perception? Mm-hmm. Ten, exact. Good enough. While you're pacing back and forth, you think about the whispers again and you look to the book. Which you kind of maybe left on your bedside. Closed. And you notice something. In the black leather of its surface. 
written in black filigree in that same strange writing you couldn't understand before. You see the same words, but when you look at it, you feel meaning enter your mind. Tome of the Stilled Tongue. Hey everybody, and thank you so much for sticking around. The next few weeks are going to be interesting. On the Lily, we'll be joined by none other than Connie from Transplaner RPG. They will be playing a guest NPC who's going to be important to one of our three little pirates. And he's going to knock it out of the park. She is dope and an all-around amazing performer, GM, and storyteller. And honestly, we're going to be humbled by their presence. So check out their project when you can. And here's a sneak peek of what they got going on over on their Twitch channel. Blessed be the dull, for they have no mind to doubt. Blessed be the cruel, for they have no heart to vow. Blessed be the weak, for they have no teeth to gouge. Blessed be the empty, for we have no soul to shroud. When a paroxysm of magical disasters disappears the stars and vanishes the gods, four strangers must overcome their differences and their traumas to save the world and themselves. Hi, my name is Connie, and I am the GM and executive producer behind Transplaner RPG, an all-trans, POC-led, 100% homebrew actual play campaign set in the non-colonial, anti-orientalist world of Endake. New episodes stream every other Saturday at 3pm Central on Twitch at Transplaner RPG. Past VODs are available on YouTube at Transplaner RPG, as is a written, succinct, yet detailed recap document. Follow us on Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram at, you guessed it, Transplaner RPG. Thank you. Our theme song, which you know probably by heart by now, is titled A New Hero in Town and was created by Kevin McLeod. We use his work a lot throughout our production, so check out Incomputech Music for more. Our ambient tracks, for every episode, basically, were created by Sword Coast Soundscape, which you'll find linked in our episode descriptions. Also, we use Dark Fantasy Studios. Stay safe, and see you soon. And that's where we're going to end. <laughs> was that you, this Carolina? is bad. This is bad. <laughs> this is no, very, it's, it's very fine. Bad. I knew it. it. Just, it's fine. It gave me a, a cool redo button. <laughs> Bro, that is not cool, man. Making me in a time loop. That's all I'm saying. That's not cool. I didn't expect it to land there, but there was nobody else to cast it on. So it kind of worked out nicely. I, I, I absolutely love figuring out that you have the spell that kind of erases the six seconds of your memory by casting the spell on yourself multiple times. That's kind I of I think I, I casted it like 
five, six times. You probably had to go into like second level spells at this point. You don't yeah, I don't, I don't level. have them. I have, um, I was assuming that we were doing, since it was like us sleeping and all that. So like what I have, it says like I had two slots, but really I wasn't refreshing them to go to five. Yeah, you got the rest. You got the rest to get them. Yeah, and I was using the five, and then I also have pack magic too. So yeah, so you used using... up all your spell slots to figure. So out So I was how that using the wizard spell slots against myself, and then, and then when I did it to Neil, I used my one of my uh, pack magics, which is why it was a fourteen. Now you don't know what the rest whatever. of this book does, but it's very clear to you. You can spend more time trying to figure it out. Bet your biscuits, I will. <laughs> I was just waiting for Carolina. No! You were um, you were in the right direction. You were in the right direction with your guess. Well, at least it is the book of the vile darkness would be worse, but yeah. this is still ultimate uh, power. This is still bad. <laughs> this is bad. 